inch by inch crawling embers and ashes falling bucket of smoke is covering up my sky step by step thought it takes your breath on it some days i swear the flames get 10 feet Welcome back. It's another edition of Now Hear This Entertainment. I'm Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated, and thanks for listening. This is a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show, as well as fans of music in general, and a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists, entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. Be sure you're checking out the official show website at nhte.net and sign up for the e-newsletter there. Just put your email address in the sign-up box, and I will only send to you once a week to let you know about the newest episode. There are also links on the website for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player whose new album will be out next month. Her music has been recognized by the likes of Rolling Stone, CMT, and NPR, and has gotten placed in films and TV shows. She also co-wrote a song that was on a Grammy-nominated album. On Spotify, she has over 27,000 monthly listeners, and two of her songs on there have gotten more than 1 million streams each. She released a music video just over six weeks ago for her latest single called Firewalker, which is the song that you've been hearing. It's my pleasure to welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Shannon Labrie. Hello. Hi there. Hi, how are you? <laughs> I'm great. I'm great. Welcome. Thanks for doing this. Oh, my pleasure. So, Shannon, go ahead and start things off for us by talking about the song of yours that was just playing called Firewalker. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited to have that song out into the world. It's probably my um, my song with the most gumption and grit. I have ever written, I don't know if it gets more intense than Walking on Fire, um, but I wrote that song with Tia Sillers, who's one of my very good friends and a phenomenal songwriter in Nashville, and with a great um, guitar player virtuoso, Joe Robinson, who's a famous Australian guitar player, and we had all three just been going um, through, no pun intended, the fire in life in general and wanted to write something that would, uh, you know, just make us feel like we could get through anything. And so that's that's kind of the conception of Firewalker. And then the recording of it, we did it live in the studio, and I was just reminiscing with my engineer about this recently, that I just remember, you know, we recorded everything live to a tape reel. Um, and I remember I started playing it, and the whole band came in on that first take, and I looked in through the glass at my producer, Brett Mayer, and um, like my jaw was dropped. And I probably looked like a little kid in a candy factory because <laughs> I was so excited. So I'm so excited. It's the first single off the record, and I'm, I'm very proud of it. So a couple of follow-up questions. For openers, you mentioned an Australian guitarist. Does he live in Nashville, or is he in Australia, and you're, you're somehow connected with him, and he recorded remotely? Yeah, no, he um, he was definitely he was the lead guitar player and the band leader actually of this rec- of this record recording session. Um, but Joe lives in Nashville now. He is Australian, um, and he actually he tours a lot. Of, a lot of people might know him. I don't know if you're familiar with Tommy Emmanuel. 
Um, Tommy Manuel is another just famous, renowned guitar player. He, it's like a style of guitar playing. And Joe started listening to him when he was 10. And I mean, uh, Joe, I think at the age of 17, he was like top 30 greatest guitar players in the world. Um, so he's just phenomenal. But he, we became friends through a few other mutual friends and we started writing together and he's just a beautiful soul and I'm so thankful to have his talented fingers on my record. <laughs> awesome. So the other question is, you know what this means and I know what this means, but for the benefit of those in the audience that don't know what it means when an artist says that they went in the studio and recorded live, explain to those folks yeah. what that is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's actually the way things used to be back in the day. Um, but yeah, when nowadays there's, there's a grid um, and Pro Tools kind of transformed the recording process. So you can go in and like I could go in just me and and find a you know drum loop and then play a guitar track on top of that and then play a bass part and then sing on it and um, so when we say we went in and recorded it live I mean it was me a bass player a drummer a lead guitar player and we sat in the studio together and we recorded these songs live and when you record to tape which is a, a very older, like, 60s, 70s way of recording. Well, older than that. <laughs> but um, when you record to tape, you just you can't go back and fix anything. So, so like, Firewalker, we did three recordings of that song, and we picked the best one. Or we, we picked our favorite one. And you just you can't go back in and, uh, you know, change the bass part or the drum yeah, part. Yeah. Especially on this record, because we also didn't play to click. So... Um, the producers felt like it would come across a lot more honest, not having a click track in the ear. So if you listen, if you wanted to really listen to it, it's, <laughs> um, the tempo is not consistent either. So then you really can't go fix things. Well, but that makes it truly authentic. And listeners, if you've been with me for a while, you know about that bizarre mental Rolodex that I have of the guests that have been on the show. And for some reason, as Shannon was talking about recording it live, it made me think back to episode 327 with Twin Kennedy, who coincidentally is based in Nashville, although they do also still spend some time back home in Western Canada. And I remember distinctly on episode 327 them telling me about recording, sometimes they call it live off the floor. So I'll put a link on the show page for Shannon's episode on NHTE.net so you can go back and hear the twins, Julie and Carly Kennedy, the Twin Kennedy talking on episode 327. And listeners, I'm as excited about what I'm about to tell you as Shannon is about the new music that she has going on. I am excited to say that there is a survey that is out there published for listeners of Now Hear This Entertainment, and you stand the chance of winning a $25 Amazon e-gift card if you take the time to fill that out. I want to keep this short because this show is about the guest and about the audience, not about me. I want to get back to talking to Shannon, but... There's going to be Facebook and Twitter posts about the survey that you can look for. Always go to the show website, nhte.net, and there's Facebook and Twitter icons there if you're not already liking and following. But you can also just email me, podcast at nhte.net. If you can't find it on Twitter or Facebook or you don't want to bother going, just email me and say, hey, Bruce, I'm willing to take the survey, and I'll email it to you. And like I said, you stand a chance of winning a $25 Amazon e-gift card. I also want to remind you that when Shannon and I are done with this episode 340, she and I are going to record additional conversation that will be available only through the Patreon. 
It's only five bucks a month, and I've been doing this every week since last Christmas, meaning the Patreon. Obviously, the show has been a whole lot longer. We're about to hit the six-and-a-half-year mark for this show. But if you want to hear what Shannon and I talk about after we're done with episode 340, go to the show website, nhte.net. Use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. Go over there and sign up. You're supporting me in the process. Your $5 a month really does mean a lot, and it really does help. So don't think I don't need it or that it's meaningless. But more importantly, you get to hear some behind-the-scenes stuff from me, and you get to hear extra conversation with all of those guests since Christmas. Shannon, NPR put that song Firewalker in their top 20 of 2020. How did it feel to be on such a list, which, by the way, also included Bob Dylan? <laughs> Who is that? No, um, <laughs> he's some new young no, up and comer, real hot kid. Yeah, and a new young kid is really clicking <laughs> with the youth. Um, no, and also Mavis Staples, who's one of my favorite artists, um, was also on that list, which is insane. I can't tell you how excited I was. I actually had some fans in Pensacola um, Facebook message me it was, uh, very early in the morning, and they're like, "Oh my gosh, did you see this?" And I definitely pee my pants a little bit. <laughs> and then um, I called my co-writer, Tia Siller, is my co-writer. And she, Tia has written, she wrote I Hope You Dance, which is like one of easily one of the greatest songs in the last two decades. Um, the Leanne Womack song, I Hope You Dance. She wrote Blue on Black by Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I mean, this woman has written hits. And um, it was her first NPR mention, and wow. so it was super funny. She's uh, she's actually renovating a house um, in Nashville, and so I like ran over there in my sweaty running clothes, and I was like, "We have to get a picture because this is a momentous moment." You know, it was very exciting for both of us. No doubt, no doubt. That's quite the entry on your long list of your growing list of accomplishments. What with the others that I mentioned. <laughs> In the intro, for your benefit, Shannon, there are listeners of this show who are aspiring performers that listen each week to learn from me and my guests. I think there's a great lesson in the music video that you made for Firewalker in that there are a lot of different shots in there to keep the video moving, but I'm thinking you didn't have to break the bank for it because you were able to mix up different scenes by having a couple different outfits, shooting at different times of the day and in different spots at, at what was possibly one location. I'm wondering if I'm right about that and if you would agree that this is a good example for the up-and-comers to watch to see how you can create an effective music video without having a huge budget. Well, thank you for... I take that as a great compliment. Um, the video was shot in weird circumstances because of COVID-19 mm -hmm. and so it actually and for any artists that are aspiring or like they're trying out new things it is very hard to make a music video and have it just be the artist <laughs> you know it's, it's really hard to you know keep that interesting because you know I mean literally the video is just me for two minutes and 50 seconds yeah and it was it was like time was on our side because Firewalker isn't like my normal you know, four and a half, five minute songs, <laughs> which is, it's hard to make something visually um, interesting. And I will say that has nothing to do with me. That had everything to do with Roger Pistol, the director of the music video. But um, yeah, I mean, we, we literally did that with a two person crew mm. because we wanted to do it socially distanced and we wanted to make sure it was very, very safely done. 
And so, yeah, like I just went out there and did my makeup, my hair. I took out a bunch of things in my closet and um, we went out into the country in Tennessee. And I, I'm a major, um, I'm a very big nature fan. I hike a lot. I'm I'm just a, I'm a hippie at heart. Um, so I, I like the video because it, it truly kind of represents me and it, and it looks like me. Because I think sometimes in music videos, you can, you know, when there is actually, when there is a big crew or like a huge set, when and you're doing a three-day video shoot, sometimes things don't come across maybe as, as honest or genuine. Mm. And so I was, I was really proud that I feel when I watch the video, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's, that is who I am. And again, I, I totally attribute all this to um, Roger Pistol because he truly did all the work. And I mean, he was just, he, he's a legendary director in music videos. I mean, he shot Cage the Elephant, um, like Red Hot Chili Peppers videos. uh, huge country videos jack white videos i mean he is just a talented man and he is used to working with uh you know a very large crew and he was just out there with his camera but Mm. it was funny when we talked about shooting the video we weren't sure you know how how are we going to do this because obviously with firewalker we would have loved to have fire and have all these really powerful images and you just can't do that without a really large crew and then you'd be endangering people within the pandemic um and so i kind of like the fact that we went out in green textured environment um kind of wilderness and got a little witchy which was kind of cool so i'm guessing that i'm correct in that it was only one location but you just went to different spots throughout that location and you did it at different times of the day yeah and he um he got he had this new equipment i know nothing about equipment <laughs> but he had something that was new that could film um in a different way at night and so we did we went out i mean it was several locations but it was all within about five miles area mm. and yeah and he wanted to kind of try some stuff at night and so we started probably around like four or five p.m and just kept shooting as the night went on and and i i liked i really liked the dark the darkness of it because i feel like that kind of represents the message of the song of of the struggle and like surviving yeah yeah nicely done well listeners if you are an up-and-comer and you want to learn more about this type of thing for openers make sure you go watch shannon's video for firewalker on her youtube channel but also go back and listen to episode 335 with maggie zabo she talked about the exact same challenge that shannon's talking about where maggie had a music video that needed to be made but it was pandemic time and so she did talk on that episode about how she pulled it off and a skeleton crew and that type of thing and then when you go watch the video that she did it's different because you say, well, this looks like it had to be a huge crew. So you do get to see the difference yeah. between. I really like Shannon, that whole idea of maybe when it's overproduced and you have a huge crew and it's multiple days and multiple locations, maybe it doesn't feel so sincere. So I like the rawness of Firewalker and that it's, you know, here I am outdoors and there's one cameraman and that's it. And you're getting me and only yeah. me. Yeah. And I feel like it kind of. Also, I mean, if I was a pop artist, that's kind of a different thing. But, you know, when when you recorded the song live in the studio, you kind of want the visual video to to represent a little bit of that honesty, you know? Yeah, carry that over. And almost imperfection, yeah. Yeah. Well, Firewalker is one of the songs on your new album that will be out next month. Share with the audience the details of that project. Oh, the new album, the entire album called Building, that is out September 25th. 
Um, yeah, the whole project. So we started the, it's kind of funny because also when we went in to record this session, we weren't planning on this being a record. Mm. We, I've been writing with my publisher. I, I got signed a year ago to my publisher and been writing with Tia a lot. She's just, um, one of the few songwriters that I think you get to meet in a lifetime where you're kindred spirits instantly and you just connect on a creative level. Um, which is something that I am so thankful for to have in my life. But we, we had been writing a lot of songs and kind of talking about what my next, not sound would be, but really trying to maybe find, fine-tune a lane. Because I, I had two other full-length records. My first record was, um, I call it Frankenstein recorded, because <laughs> you did it like, you know, I, I played a guitar track, and then the drummer went and played, and then... Um, you know, we just kind of spiced it up and also kind of perfected a lot of it. And that's a, my cool, last that's record, a cool analogy, we, Frankenstein. That's a cool analogy. Well, it, but I mean, that's really how, how most people make, that's how, I mean, 99% of people make records yeah, now. Yeah. Um, and, it, and I supported it. It's a different way of doing it. Um, but we, and it was my first record. So, you know, I was practically a baby and I, I didn't know I hadn't been touring or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And then my last record was just my, it was true, I call it my therapy record, but it was just my record. I needed to make it, and um, I, I needed to say the things that I said on that album. And then this album, and I come from, you know, I, I'm a guitar, I'm a piano player, I'm also a guitar player, and I have a kind of a natural, like, bossa nova, like, almost jazz-influenced style of guitar picking that I play. Hmm. And... And so because of that, it's, I got like a, I mean, I tell people I'm, I was raised on James Taylor and Lauren Hill and that's kind of like how I play a little bit. Okay. <laughs> um, it's a weird like singer songwriter mix with a little bit of soul and a little, you know, leaning back on the beat sometimes. But, um, all that to say, um, both of those records have you could listen to many songs and get different genres mm-hmm. um my first record you could be like oh this is adult contemporary or oh this is country or oh this is jazz and so my publisher and i really wanted to think you know how can we make the most honest sounding shannon labrie record you know that is the truest to what i'm like live and at this point you know i've toured hundreds and hundreds of dates and shows which has made my voice a lot stronger and my abilities obviously stronger so we decided let's just take our five favorite songs from the last year and let's book a session and just record it live and see what it sounds like you see how it turns out wow and yeah and so we did that session and we've been mixing it and kind of holding on and we were getting ready to go do another one in february and I actually got pneumonia. Mm. Um, so we couldn't do it and we pushed it to March. And then in March, the tornado happened and it got pushed to later. And then we were in, you know, what we're in now, a pandemic. Oh, yeah, boy. And then probably like the end of March or I guess the beginning of April, my publisher called me and she's like, you know what, Shannon, I think this session sounds amazing. And I think it sounds like you. And I think that we should, you know, mm. pardon my language, but F, F COVID, she said, you know, like, let's release this. Let's release a record. Let's put some music out in the world because that's what we need right now. And wow. so 
voila, we decided, and now I have an album that's coming out September 25th. What a great story. What a great story. So the number of songs on the album will be seven, I believe. Yes. And it's called Building, and as Shannon said, it will be out on September 25th. Your style is actually considered Americana and Soul, which I think is a pretty neat description, and you did a good job there of giving the backstory of of kind of how that comes to be. I do want to mention that you also re-released a 2015 single of yours at the end of July, and at the end of this episode, we're going to have you talk about the song itself. But for now, just explain the strategy there in bringing back a song from your back catalog. It sounds like knowing that you were going to be doing an album in September, though. Yeah. um, So that song, um, which was called Alcohol, that came out on my my last record that came out in 2016, um, I released that before that record as a because a friend of mine I was working with, she was just like, I want to I want to put this song out. And this song, I've been playing it and I've been having, you know, an, an impact. Um, anyway, that song came out and it went viral on Spotify and it had kind of this big sparky moment. And so that song was my, my most, you could say, successful song to date. Mm-hmm. But um, honestly, that's probably, it's the saddest, darkest song I've ever written. Mm. <laughs> and it's, um, it's painfully honest. And when I play it, it's just, it's sad how many people relate to it, mm. but the great thing about it is anytime after a show, there's always some, at least a few people that come up with tears in their eyes and they're like, that is my story. Wow. And then we usually hug and it's like, well, you know, now you're not alone. Mm. And, and I just feel like that's one of the most powerful messages we can be spreading right now to anybody is to let them know that, you know, no matter how hard or dark your life seems, there's somebody else that, has been through that and they've made it through to you and you can too. So with all that said, we decided it would be kind of a cool reflection back on a song that has done great things for me before we release this new Uh, section of music in my life. Okay. Yeah. And as I understand it, the difference is that the, I'll call it the old version was acoustic. Whereas this one that we're going to hear at the end of the show is electric. So that's, that's the difference between then and now. Yeah, the first the first one's on piano. Um, the first alcohol we released was written on piano, and when I was on tour last year, my piano broke, and so I started playing it on guitar. I worked out this guitar version of it, mm. and um, fans liked it, and so I thought it would be cool to release it um, on my electric guitar, that version. So it's a little different take on it. Interesting, interesting. You are very consistent with releasing music, whether it's singles, an EP, or an album. I I looked on iTunes, and I saw releases from you from 2015, 2016, 17, 18, 19, and now, of course, 2020. Is that something you put upon yourself to make sure you're putting out something new year after year, or is it more, no, I'm just such a creator that I'm never hurting for new material? (laughs) I just love counting. I just love counting, (laughs) though. (laughs) Um, that's interesting. I've never thought about that until you just brought that up. But I think that I just, I, I, you know, I write so much. I write, I mean, I think last year I turned in 96 songs. Oh gosh. So I, I write a lot and I'm always recording, whether it's going in, you know, with my publisher and the studio live, which was a very focused session 
or maybe I'm writing with a producer and we decide to, you know, work out the Frankenstein, the song and work out a track. And I don't know. I just think it was, what is the point of writing all these songs and recording them? If you're not going to put them out, you know, what's the point of them sitting on my computer and never being heard, you know? So I try to, I try to not get caught in the trying to perfect something so much, you know, nothing ever comes out. And I think that's why um, my manager and I also with this record coming out, it's just, I think there's, there's a fear that because of the pandemic, you know, there, the music won't have a chance or, you know, cause I mean, it's, oh my gosh, hell, I'm not going to be touring this album at all, which is crazy, <laughs> you know, but I, but I think it's just a, why, why would we hold on to this yeah, and wait a whole nother year? Yeah, you know, so. good for you. And listeners, I want you to let that sink in for a minute. She turned in 96 songs. She's a nice girl. Give her the benefit of the doubt. Let's round it up for her and say that's an average of two a week. Two a week for an entire year. Let that sink in. She's working hard, so so please support her. I am joined today on the Now Here This Entertainment guest line from Nashville by singer, songwriter, guitar player Shannon Labrie. Visit her official website at shannonlabrie.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. Once you do go to her website, you will find links there for Shannon on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram. So do be sure to engage with her across those different platforms. Her new album called Building will be out on September 25. Be sure to place a pre-order for a signed CD copy of it through her website, which is the best way to support her out of everything I'm going to say right now. Or you can pre-save the album on Spotify or Apple Music. Shannon typically tours like crazy, so do keep up with her online to see when she'll be back out on the road so you can go see her perform live. I mentioned earlier about the survey that I'm doing about this show and the chance to win a $25 Amazon e-gift card. Look for the posts on Facebook or Twitter about that or write to me at podcast at nhte.net so you can get in on that. I also mentioned earlier about the Patreon for this show. Check out the bonus audio, which is ad-free, by going to the show website nhte.net and hit the orange-colored support us on Patreon button. It's only five bucks a month. You will hear more from Shannon Labrie and bonus content for the previous 33 episodes of this show. I do have to say thank you to those of you that have been supporting Now Hear This Entertainment by way of your regular everyday purchases on Amazon. I'm in possession of a recent email from them showing me the total for July. Feel free to email me yourself if you want to let me know that you are buying from Amazon through their banner on my website. Remember, it's no extra cost to you. You just go to my show website, nhte.net, and scroll down to the tall Amazon banner. And then once you click that, you're on your way. It'll either open their shopping app if you're on your phone, or it will open their website if you're on your computer. But regardless of which way you do it, when you finish, when you cash out, they will kick back a small percentage of the sale to me, which helps with the expenses I have for putting out a new episode of this show every week. And remember, it's totally private. All Amazon tells me in those emails once a month is how much they're kicking back to me. So I don't know who bought through them or what you purchased. Anyhow, thank you for your support of the show through the exclusive ad-free bonus audio on Patreon or by starting your online shopping through my Amazon banner. Shannon, for the benefit of anyone listening who's just being introduced to you, let's just give some background because clearly you're proud of where you came from since it's mentioned 
both in your Instagram bio <laughs> and obviously on your website, but then also in telling the audience about that, when and why did you leave there to move to Nashville? Well, why wouldn't I want to leave Nebraska is the question. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm from um, a very small town called Douglas, Nebraska, is where I grew up on a little farm. And um, yeah, I I always reflect on my young childhood out in the country as, I mean, it was like a fairy tale. My parents really encouraged the arts. They encouraged creativity, um, imagination. I mean, I spent most days just out in the woods, you know, playing and building forts and <laughs> you know whatever with my siblings. But yeah, I, I love Nebraska and I, a certain age, which I'm really bad with time actually, um, but I would say probably fourth grade, fourth or fifth grade, I started to get really sick as a kid mm. and I couldn't figure out what I had for about two years. And I eventually got diagnosed. I almost died. Um, they admitted me to the children's hospital and yeah, I weighed like, I, was, I weighed 50 pounds at the height of mm. like five, two. Mm. Um, I couldn't walk. I, it was bad. But anyway, I digress. I, they figured out what I have. I have a disease that was very rare at the time and it's becoming more well-known. It's called Addison's disease and um, it's an autoimmune disease, but once you take medicine for it, you're practically fine. And so um, we really grew up going to Lincoln a lot for the doctors with that. And then as soon as I got out of the hospital, my dad was diagnosed with cancer and then he ended up dying in one. Mm. And when my dad died, I think that Nebraska just kind of, you know, I always reflect so good on my youth, but that time was really dark and I really um, just felt kind of surrounded by, by the subject of death and just really immortality. And um, I was just a very intense little girl. And so when my dad died, um, I, I was just so ready to leave Nebraska. I wanted to get out of there and, um, so I did. When I was 17, I moved to the East Coast. I moved to Virginia. My aunt and uncle lived out there. Oh, wow. And kind of, but but just kind of moved around. I lived in Houston for a little bit. I really, um, and I, I always thought I was kind of chasing after something because I'm very curious by nature. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it now as an adult woman, I think that I was just running from, from the pain of losing my dad. Mm. And um, I lived in Colorado before I moved to Nashville. Wow. And Colorado is just really a place that healed I feel really healed me in a lot of ways and kind of I don't know I've I've had a interesting journey of learning what grief is and what it means to grieve the loss of someone and so yeah Nebraska is it's funny because I feel like I was running away from a lot of pain there and now um I've come full circle and when I go home I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing you know my mom and my family and and it, it's it's warmed back up, I guess. Well, it also sounds like you've had a whole lot of life experiences to draw from, which is perfect for a songwriter. <laughs> yes, I, I draw from I draw from everything. I no no friend is safe in my life, <laughs> <laughs> and no podcast host is safe. Be careful. I'm, yes, I might end right. up in a song. Uh, well, on a different <laughs> note, you recently kicked off something called the Building Project. Explain to the audience what that is. Yes, I'm so excited about this. Um, I've always been really uh, indebted to the restaurant industry 
I have waited tables, bartended, cocktail waitressed for pretty much since I was 17. And um, in Nashville, like restaurants are the backbone of this city and songwriters. And at most every restaurant, most of all the servers and bartenders are musicians on some level or another. And just through, really the idea kind of started when the tornado came through March 3rd and, you know, just took out a lot of our favorite local spots and, you know, misplaced a lot of friends and neighbors. And then with the pandemic, obviously the economy and the restaurants have closed. But yeah, I think that the building project just became um, this kind of love project to restaurants and to the servers in this town that, you know, keep us and have given us a sense of normalcy throughout the pandemic. Um, but anyway, so the building project is something that we're doing. We're going into restaurants, locally owned restaurants and businesses, and showing how they've safely reopened since the tornado and or in the wake of the pandemic, and just kind of shining a light on on the local amazing people and the Nashville community that are bravely going to work and, you know, keeping also us safe at the same time. And then there's a music element where we have a featured artist, um, which is super fun too. And I, I don't want to spoil anything, but I have some cool guests uh, joining me on some future episodes. Yeah. I was going to say my two follow-up questions are number one, you were saying we, so who is we, you and who else? But number two is you're saying we're showing how these restaurants are blah, blah, blah. You're showing it how online somewhere or you're telling the media or what? (laughs) Um, Well, we actually have our episode is, is going to start, um, being viewed on Channel 4, which is a local uh, channel here in Nashville. But then we'll be putting the full-length episodes out on YouTube. And I want to say, too, the cool thing about what we're doing is we're going in and filming at these businesses to show how they're safely open, but at the same time, we've had to also film safely. And so, again, we're, we're making these episodes showing songwriters and servers and local business owners while having one camera one sound guy and me and then one guest and we all wear masks and um yeah it's it's been a very interesting (laughs) learning experience to figure out how to do things with such minimal help and also make sure everyone's safe so but yes it'll be airing on youtube you can go to shannonlibri.com um, we're actually that's coming out this week there'll be a tab called the building project and you can check out uh what what it all is and what we're doing And that's all the more reason to keep up with Shannon online so that you can see when new installments of that come out. Shannon, I mentioned back in the intro that you've gotten film and TV placements. Is that something that you target regularly, or are they just kind of nice bonuses when they happen to occur? They're they're very nice bonuses when they happen to occur. There there are some people that work in... um, the TV film industry that I've known just from living here for a long time that have used some of my songs and, you know, TV shows. But honestly, I, I always just feel like it's the greatest strike of luck mm. to get a feature like that. And I'm always really, really thankful for it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's something where, again, I feel like when you release music, holding music back is only going to hold your creative art back. So when you're releasing music, you're putting it out there so people can hear it and access it. And a couple of my TV placements were from people who were just said, hey, I heard this song 
who represents you? I want to use this in the show, you know? Wow. So. Well, and, you know, I've noticed myself recently for a little bit now, my wife and I have been watching the Netflix series called Rain, R-E-I-G-N, which is about Mary, Queen of Scots. And for whatever reason, we always watch it with the closed captioning on. And I noticed that when you watch with closed captioning, when a song starts playing, they will put the name of the song and I'm assuming the artist, then God forbid they should credit the songwriters. Oh, my gosh. Did I just say that on the podcast? Um, but so that's another way for the listening public to discover the music more specifically rather than just hearing it and maybe trying to Shazam your TV or whatever you do. So these film and TV placements have been a thing for a while, and you can see why why they mm-hmm. will continue to be. Shannon, shame on me. I've been referring to you as a singer, songwriter, guitar player, but I found a video on YouTube where you were playing the piano, and now you've mentioned once or twice during this interview that you do play piano also. So is it just, you know, everybody in Nashville gets painted with the same brush of singer, songwriter, guitar player, or is it, you know, I really don't play piano all that much, Bruce, you know, guitar is really kind of my thing. Um, no, I don't think it's the same brush. I think I play when I tour, typically I always have my, I, my set is I play acoustic and I have my electric guitar and then I have a keyboard that I play piano um, piano is was actually my first instrument, and um, I do play it a lot, but I think I'm pictured a lot with guitar because it's easier <laughs> to shoot. <laughs> and also, I mean, you know, I'm not hauling my keyboard into co-writes in Nashville. I yeah. take my guitar yeah. usually. Um, so, yeah, I, piano is such a weird instrument. It's it's one you re- it's like a cello, you know? You really have to suffer for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was in... Last time I was in New York City, I saw this guy hauling an amp, a keyboard, and a violin down the subway. And wow. I was like, man, I, I like to believe that I love music that much to do that. <laughs> but I can't say that I would go to a show and haul that down those stairs into the subway, you know, just to come play a gig. So if you're interested in being an unpaid intern for Shannon Labrie, write to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously, though, please. Uh, she mentioned New York City. I'm going to mention Las Vegas and specifically the Access Vegas newsletter. And if you haven't signed up for it by now, I'm wondering what you're waiting for because I've been talking about it for I don't know how long now. And I get so much information out of reading that newsletter. In fact, I have gotten the green light from the editor of the Access Vegas newsletter to openly talk about the private Facebook group that you also get access to when you sign up for it. And I've been finding myself more and more lately kind of drifting into that Facebook group when I get notifications about posts going up in there. So not only do you get so, so, so much information in the newsletter itself, but it's almost kind of like, okay, until the next one comes out, here's some news that you might want to know about that just happened. So to start with all this, go to my show website, nhte.net, click on the Access Vegas logo, and then go sign up and make sure you put in the code BRUCE to get $5 off. And then your inbox will get you direct access to this newsletter, which comes from people there on the ground who are giving you discounts. They're giving you insider information. You don't need coupons. And whether you're planning on going to Las Vegas in a month, in a year, whatever, it's always changing out there, as you know. So this is a great way to keep up with it. Subscribe to Access Vegas. Go to my show website, nhte.net. Use the Access Vegas logo to go sign up and put in the code BRUCE at sign up to get $5 off. Shannon, I hate that this pandemic is still going on, and I have to keep asking this question of so many guests, 
But if something that someone says helps a listener out there, then great, we accomplished something with it. So mm-hmm. what have you done music-wise throughout the pandemic? Were you doing live streams? Did you do anything unique? Just talk about all that. Yeah, I cried so much. Mm. And <laughs> um, I'm kind of kidding, but also, <laughs> but also there's not. probably some tears <laughs> mixed in there. So when I when it first happened, um, I, I was oddly, and a lot of my friends that are creative and songwriters, we talked about this, but I just... I just, the creative energy was zapped for me for like two weeks. Like I just didn't want to write. I was just kind of exhausted. And, you know, I think we were all glued to the news and, and frozen in a moment. Um, but actually because of my autoimmune disease and I have roommates here in Nashville and, you know, when it first started in, in Tennessee, it just, it got, it grew really quickly and nobody could get access to things like sanitizer or gloves or masks, you know? And, um, and it was terrifying because, you know, we're wondering are the hospitals going to get all full and, and everything, the tragedy that was happening in New York City. So I actually went um, out to Nebraska and uh. quarantined with my mom um, just because there's so much I didn't know. And I just felt like that was the safest move that I could do for myself and my roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, so I went out and spent time with my mom and it was I'm really thankful for it. Actually, it's just in as an adult who tours and works full time, when in my life would I have been given a gift to spend six weeks with my mom? And how? You know, like it, it was actually amazing. So I got to spend some really great quality time with her and my stepdad. And while I was there in Nebraska, I would say a few weeks in, I was like, you know what? I'm going to do a live stream show. And so I did a few there and... I'm not a technological person. I'm <laughs> that is not a place that I thrive. And so throughout the pandemic it's it's been a big learning curve and very honestly very frustrating because um I was just telling my friend recently I did a live stream show last night on Zoom and you know I set it up in my house and after the show I I tore it down and I was just laughing cuz I'm like man if I was on tour this would be like an entire evening event. And, you know, I would tear down my gear and I would load my car up and then I go to the hotel and I take my gear out of my car up until my hotel room. And then in the morning I take all my gear back down to my car and then I drive to another city. And it was just hilarious how how oddly (laughs) easy it was to just unplug the stuff. And that was it. (laughs) Um, so yes, I've been doing some live streams and it's keeping me sane because touring is my my great love in life and not being able to see fans and perform has been hard, but I'm thankful to be able to connect with them over the internet. Indeed. And I'm thankful for people's patience with me because I really, it has been a massive learning curve for me. <laughs> well, we're going to close today with another song of yours, one that we alluded to earlier in our conversation. It's the re-release of your song from a few years ago called Alcohol. Before you and I record extra content for the release through Patreon, tell the audience all about this song. Yes. um, So Alcohol is a song about being in a relationship with somebody who struggles with addiction. Mm. And um, it is not written from the the person who's addicted's perspective, it's written from the person who's um, wanting to save the person who's addicted, which uh. I don't know if anybody is a member of Al-Anon. Al-Anon is a support group, 
a sub-support group for AA, but it's for people who um, have people that they love that have struggled with addiction. And in Al-Anon, you actually work through the steps because you learn that there's actually sometimes the person who's caring for the addicted are almost addicted to trying to save the addicted. <laughs> That's mm. a little bit of a tongue twister. <laughs> but um, alcohol, I will say, was not written. Um, that song was one of those songs that I just wrote in 30 minutes. It was stream of consciousness. Wow. And it just was what it was. And honestly, even in the moment when I wrote it, I don't think I knew. I don't think I really knew what I was writing about. Mm. Um, and years, years later, it, it just became painfully um, obvious what that song was actually about and um since then i have you know i'm in a much better place now but uh but yeah that song is that's what that song is about and this is a new version you can listen to the original piano version which is out but this is written on my electric guitar and was performed live at blue room studios in berry hill tennessee nice nice great great description and Shannon, this has been wonderful. I'm so glad that you came on the show today. Thank you for your time and continued best wishes, especially in the lead up to the new album. Oh, thank you so much for having me. And seriously, everyone out there, remember you're not alone and it is going to be okay. <laughs> Listeners, that will do it for another episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar, and piano player, Shannon Labrie. <laughs> Do visit her official website at shannonlabrie.com. Again, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode at nhte.net. And then once you land there, be sure to utilize the icons for her social media. Go like her Facebook page. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. I did all three of those things myself this morning, so please do the same. Subscribe to Shannon's YouTube channel, and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Shannon you heard her and her music on Now Hear This Entertainment, regardless of when you're hearing this episode. Remember that her new album, called Building, will be out on September 25, and that you can pre-order a signed CD copy of it through her website, or pre-save it, on either Spotify or Apple Music. And as I mentioned before, keep up with Shannon online so that when the world is back open for business and she can go back out on tour, you can see when and where you can go see her perform live. Don't forget the survey that I'm looking for listeners to complete about this podcast. You might win a $25 Amazon e-gift card. Just email me at podcast at nhte.net and let me know that you're willing to fill it out and I will send you a link to it. Again, Shannon and I will have more conversation over in the bonus content that's done exclusively for folks who support this show through Patreon. That's only 5 bucks a month and gives you access to audio not available anywhere else. Hear what she and I talk about in addition to unlocking the bonus audio that I've been putting on there every week since last Christmas. Just go to nhte.net and use the orange-colored Support Us on Patreon button. And, of course, don't forget about scrolling down on nhte.net to the tall Amazon banner to start all your shopping through them that way so that they can kick back a small percentage of the sale to help me with all the expenses I have for doing this show every week for what has been six and a half years now. There is no extra cost to you for doing that. For now, that will do it for episode 340. Thanks ever so much for listening. We'll send you out today with another song from Shannon Labrie. This is the one she just talked about. It's called Alcohol. There's lots of things he can't control Like loving me and alcohol He doesn't have the power to choose He doesn't have the will to lose 
arms I thought my heart was strong Strong enough to right the wrong oh, But that drink is strong And fights me all night long I found my man on the ground again Red from drinking all my pain He's in love with the thing I hate I can't leave, I'm doomed to stay He makes me bear the worst of things All the memories, all the shame But I'll pick my man off the ground again Till the grave takes hold of him. He's half the life I want to live. Half a life I'll always dread Our past and future look the same My doubt will ever try and change He won't let me be Like a dead man holding me We're buried six years deep I can't escape from this disease I found my Like loving me and alcohol 